This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped is a premier male grooming company with the star Lawnmower 3.0, and we want to be able to share the savings with you, our awesome listeners. Use the promo code BLUECHIP to get 20% off your next order. Don't let your balls down. Get the Lawnmower 3.0. Your balls will thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ernition. I'm joined, as always, by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, Devin the Verified Jackson. Well, not really the Verified, but he's still the Verified in our hearts. Devin, how are you today? Pretty good, man. Um, Sunday we're recording this, so uh, thankfully, no NFL football to worry about. It's a clean, free day. You can watch prospects, do whatever you need to do. Um, so that's good. You know, while I'm, you know, it's, it's going to be bittersweet that NFL season is gone at the same time. Sundays are, are open day now, you know? Yes, sir. Uh, Saturdays and Sundays now. So uh, definitely looking forward to uh, seeing people post anything but quarterback talk. I think it's, it's finally that season where we're – Gonna get a little bit of a mixed bag. Hopefully, we're we're talking about some uh, you know defensive linemen. I haven't seen that a lot of them been posting a lot uh, interior offensive linemen. So uh, here's the hoping that we uh, get a little bit of variety on the timeline. Uh, that would be great, but Devin, I wouldn't hedge your bets on it. It's probably not gonna happen. Let's be honest. Now, if you listen, if you listen to Saturday's podcast, yes, we had to do a Saturday podcast. Devin and I. Both were dead fucking tired on Thursday. So we recorded on Friday for a Saturday podcast. We went through every position at the Senior Bowl. We didn't really finish off our Shrine coverage. So what we're going to do today, Devin and I are going to go back and forth. Shrine game three, Senior Bowl three, biggest winners. Then we're going to take a little bit of a break. And then when we come back from the break, I had the opportunity to sit down with Kansas wide receiver Kwame Lasseter II, if that name sounds familiar whatsoever, it is the son of the former Cardinal safety of the same name. Great interview, great kid. Think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So, Devin, should we get this started? Should we hop in? Do what? Let's do Shrine Game first because we didn't give it a fitting end. So we'll go back and forth. We'll give three. You start us. So uh, first winner for me uh, down to Shrine Bowl, uh, Bamadeli Olaseni, and I think. Because not only did he weigh in and, and you know, have the arm length that you look for in the tackle, I think he showed some versatility to be able to play guard as well. I think that was an important thing for him to go down there and do. Uh, he's, he's pretty inexperienced in terms of a playing tackle when he started this year, really. And it was mostly a backup for most of his career. I hopped around. I think he, he went the Juco route, too, as well. So, uh, you, you know, you're, you're getting someone that uh, is, is going to be a foundational piece. Um, you know, while his footwork still needs some work and, and you know, his, his uh, you know, timing and placement of, of his punches needs some work, as well as, you know, the variety of his pass sets. I, I do think there is some foundational pieces to build with him. He works really well on double teams. Um, 
can use that link to, to stymie uh, bull rushers. So I think for him, it, it was a it was a really good week for him to to come not only to Shrine Bowl to uh, compete, but but showcase some of his skill and, and talent. And I think he solidified himself as a as a day three candidate and someone that is going to go between those fourth and fifth rounds uh, because you know we're, we know he's. he's going to you know match up and check the boxes of all the measurables uh that teams look for in a, in a developmental tackle now it's going to be about fine-tuning his game and, and getting him uh you know up to speed and uh, at the nfl level of, of a tool set but i think for him he did a really nice job um you know continue to be uh, grow in, in every aspect of his game because you know whether it was figuring out how to how to replace his hands or uh, being able to adjust to some of the speed rushers. I think he had a really good week and, and very excited to see what he does uh, going forward. Yeah, Olasani had a great week. Uh, and again, can't teach size, and he was the biggest dude down there in a shrine game filled with big dudes. For sure. I mean, it, it was – I, it was a lot of lot of good play uh, on on the offensive lines uh, as well as uh, you know defensive lines. So you know narrowing it down to to three winners is going to be tough, but but we'll see. Uh, my first winner. Uh, this one is obvious. Um, it's actually someone that I've spoken with other players in the conference about. Um, in terms of how they did at the Shrine game compared to how they played in college. Oklahoma State wide receiver Tay Martin, you cannot tell me that that was the same guy that, that showed up for OK State this year. Uh, there were glimpses of it, but I think the problem is Oklahoma State's offense was so limiting of him that um, he never got a chance to show his really great running skills. He never got a chance to show uh, his ability to create separation. And unfortunately, it took the Shrine game for us to truly be able to see the full scope of his ability. Man, that Oklahoma State offense is just so bad this year. But Tay Martin down in the Shrine game was so good. Yeah, I've been really key in on receivers. Well, so I'm, I'm not going to talk about receivers at all, <laughs> be honest with you. But uh, the thing that I kept noticing is when I was watching one-on-ones and even in team drills, he was always open. And you see his release packages, you see his ability to change tempo during routes. It's really a, a, a beautiful sight to watch. I mean, I was telling you down the, the, during the Shrine game, he was uh, like, there was a drive where he was literally unstoppable. Like he had like three or four catches, like he was creating tons of separation. So this isn't just someone that's like a practice all-star. I mean, he, he takes it to the game and, and I think he's going to have a way better pro career than he ever had at, at, out of a college career. And if you think about it, Tylen Wallace was there. So he was the big name and he, he was a little bit overshadowed by him. And then, like you said, inconsistent quarterback play this year from Oklahoma state, you know, really held him back as well. Absolutely. Uh, Jeez, I mean, I, I I literally could have just made this list off of wide receivers. I literally could have. They, they were all good. But I'm not going to, Devin. I have some integrity left. For sure. Why, Why don't, don't we, we get... do Serpentine and you, you go with your next guy? Okay, cool. Uh, so my next guy is a UCLA wide receiver, uh, Kyle Phillips. Uh, I know I just said I wasn't going to do only wide receivers, but uh, I mean – if you have a, a, a week so good in practice that I immediately have to dig up the film, that's a win. 
Sure. Kyle Phillips was a guy where, to, to put in perspective, how little I knew about Kyle Phillips out of UCLA. Uh, he was in my watch list, um, uh, my little spreadsheet watch list uh, for, for players on the national scale. Um, I learned during the week that Kyle Phillips was actually white. I did not know that. I, I, I legit didn't know he was white. And two... I also had his last name misspelt on my spreadsheet because he has one L in his last name and I had two. So as you can tell, I knew just so much about Kyle Phillips coming into this week. I left you know, the practices immediately, immediately. First thing I did the next day was watch the film. He's good, man. Again, shifty. He's got good speed. Is it bad that I, that I, I can imagine him in a Patriots uniform already? No, not at all. I mean, it, it, he fits the bill. I tell you that he definitely fits the bill. Also, it would be chaotic, but what if the Raiders stack him and just have both him, him and Hunter Renfro, White Boy Supreme, wide receiver core? Yeah, it would, that would be that would be pretty nice. But yeah, I mean, he had a phenomenal week, so I'm 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 not entirely surprised that you uh, brought up his name. I thought that was going to be the first thing actually you brought up, but, but I know Tate Martin is, is your, your conference that had to get him in there. So for me, uh, I have to say tight end Jelani Woods, man. Dude is yeah. not only like the length is impressive and what he's able to do, but dude, like he is a crisp route runner. And that was not something I was expecting for someone his size. You, you typically see guys like that. They're very, like they round things off because they just use their size and, and their body length. Dude, I mean, he was making DBs look silly in one-on-one drills. Like he ran a corner route on day four that just left the safety in the dust. Like he created 10, 10 yards of separation. Every every team drill, he was catching a pass like over the middle. Like he's, he's going to be a legit weapon at the next level. And you know, it's a shame because much like the Pac-12, the ACC did not showcase their talent very well outside of uh, the big schools. Clemson. <laughs> Basically Clemson. But uh, oh, we ended up with Miami guys at the Shrine game. I'll tell you what, it's going to be fun going back to watch Virginia's offense and doing his final evaluation because obviously Brennan Armstrong, but – Jelani Woods, the guy receiver, uh, Keaton Thompson, who... Keaton Thomas, Thompson, yeah. the former Kansas State. Yep. All right. So now it's your turn again. So who's your final yeah, yeah. guy so I, I was, I was very impressed with what he was able to bring and, and what. So so we'll see, uh, you know, kind of what happens in the dry process, but, but very excited to see how he fares, uh, you know, when he stacks up uh, against some of these other Titans. Because I, I do think He's probably in that late day two, early day three area, and he's going to impress the team. I don't think he's going to run, uh, you know, super well at, at the combine, but I think he's going to really impress uh, teams with, with his length and, and ability to uh, threaten the scenes. All right, so move on to your last guy. Last guy, whew, like I said, it's tough to, to try and nail down uh, you know, who's, who are some of the, the players that stood out to me. But I'm trying to think. I, I just had it on my head. Now now it's escaping me. But 
I'll, I'll go somewhere a little bit different. Uh, Deshaun Dixon, the uh, edge rusher out of um, Norfolk State, uh, he he did a really good job uh, this and during the Shrine Bowl. I think showcasing that he has a role at the next level. Like he's a speed rusher that can bend the corner. Uh, he had a few ghost moves during practice and, and is very active, has a high motor. Ultimately, I do think he's probably that seventh round preferred free agent area for him, but I do think he showed that he could play at the NFL level. He could be like a rotational pass rusher, still needs some work in, in, in every down situation in terms of uh, holding his gap, uh, you know, against tackles in a run game and uh, being able to continue to build on his pass rush moves. But he gave tackles uh, and some of even the better tackles issues all week long. He, he beat Bam Olaseni uh, on day one. He beat Myron Cunningham, I think, on day three. Um, and, and he bit, beat a few interior guys as well with, the, with his speed and athleticism. So I think uh, you're going to see his name uh, be brought up probably later in the process. But I do think, uh, you know, I, I will probably have a draftable grade on him, but I do think He's probably going to be, you know, the a UDFA, but preferred free agent. I think, you know, obviously he's going to work his way on onto a roster. He may end up on the practice squad his first year, but I do think he can be a contributor in the NFL. And, and I think a team will fall in love with his his ability to, to get around the corner. So I think he did he did favors for himself and, and him and Dakota Durant, you know, both HBCU guys. I think they both had really good weeks and, and showcased their they're they have talent and, and the team is, is going to fall in love with them my last guy Devin I'm, I'm gonna st- go back to the big 12 and the biggest reason why he's he's a winner uh from the shrine game is he was the only player at his position that I could genuinely see a, a long-term NFL future for and that is Baylor defensive back Kalen Barnes this group of DBs in the shrine game was not good at all However, Kalen Barnes, he gave it everything he had against everyone he matched up against. He's got very good recovery speed. There weren't a lot of issues in terms of grabbing. Uh, That was the other thing. A lot of these Shrine Game defensive backs uh, had this massive issue of just grabbing a hold of everyone the moment they lost a step. Barnes didn't have that. Um, Again, some of his best reps were up against the, the, the game's best receivers. Guys like um, uh, like like Tay Martin, I thought he had his two best reps against him. His teammate at Baylor, Taquan Thornton. These guys couldn't get the best of, of Barnes. He maybe got beat one one or two reps the entire week, and that was it. Uh, so head and shoulders above the rest of his competition. Yeah, he had a good week, man. Like you said, the DVs did struggle collectively as a group, um, but you know, I, I think you know. One on ones are just not it's not geared towards the defense anyway. Oh, I mean in the scrimmages too. So yeah, yeah. Scrimmages they yeah, there was there's quite a bit of flags as well. Uh I, I think on day one, there was probably like at least 10 flags from the secondary just because uh DBs panicked, stopped their feet and, and were grabbing. But I think that also shows you how talented this receiver group was down the senior uh, down the shrine bowl, excuse me. It was it was kind of insane to see the amount of dudes creating separation on a consistent basis. Uh, you know, guys like Josh Johnson, who, who we hadn't mentioned yet, um, you know, obviously Kyle Phillips and, and 
uh, Tyquan Thornton, someone I'm surprised you didn't mention, but but like I said, we only made a top three list, so it, it's kind of hard to get everyone in. But I'll name a few honorable mentions, and then we can move on to the Senior Bowl. Uh, Hayden Howerton from the interior offensive lineman from SMU impressed me. I thought he showed some versatility, being able to play both center and guard, <clears throat> and and I think he's going to uh, garner some late round consideration. Do think do worry a little bit about his his length and size, but I, I do think he can uh, stick around and, and be one of those guys that uh, you know can be rotational kind of backup uh, utility guy, especially being able to play all three uh, positions in the interior. So he's someone else that impressed me. Um, Armani Rogers, who uh, I have a story coming out uh, or today when you're when you're listening to this, uh, I thought he did a good job being able to pick up uh, the position on the fly. Basically, uh, he basically decided right after uh, the season ended that he was going to switch to tight end. So he only been been playing time maybe a month and a half before we got down to the Shrine Bowl. I still still obviously need some work in, in technique and in understanding the position at a, at a higher level, but I, I thought his athleticism shined through and, and he was able to make uh, some some great catches over the course of the week. And then uh, final player uh, for me that shined, uh, I, I got to give love to uh, the linebackers. Diego, Diego Fago uh, from Navy, dude was a monster. He won uh, Navy, uh, he won the Shrine Bowl defensive MVP. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's going to be probably a core cool special teamer, but uh, he, he can definitely fit in a linebacker room and, and be at least a two down guy at the, at the early levels uh, of his development. And we'll see if he ever becomes a three down guy. But I thought he, he you know, that was one of the Shrine Bowls, like uh, he was like one of their favorite guys coming in and he, he definitely didn't disappoint. Absolutely. I'll give a couple of, of honorable mentions in mine. Um, Dawson Deaton, offensive lineman from uh, Texas Tech, thought that he really going into it was like a one-trick pony, going to stick him in a, in a zone blocking scheme. And that was going to be like the only way he could succeed. He showed ability at all five positions on the offensive line because he's a former tackle. He moved in into guard. I think he can play center. As, you know, he moved into guard, moved into center, moved back out to guard uh, for the week as well. Uh, I think he's he's closing the gap between guys like uh, uh, Brock Hoffman and, uh, and and Alec Lindstrom, who were down there, widely seen as the top two centers um, at the Shrine game. I think that Deaton was on par with them for most of the week. Um, Charleston Rambo, wide receiver out of Miami, formerly of Oklahoma. I mean, route running incredibly smooth. Um, Marquan McCall, defensive lineman out of Kentucky, dude's just a monster. Uh, literally, just, just. There's a reason his nickname is Bully Ball. By the way, great nickname. Uh, and then also Ioma Uwazarike, the defensive tackle at Iowa State, again showed great versatility. He's a guy that lined up as a nose tackle at Iowa State, lined up as a five tech as well. I uh, was able to do all of that down at the, uh, at the Shrine game as well. Six six. Came in at like 315. Uh, by the way, uh, I don't like Iowa State's um, uh, defensive front, and I also don't like whoever's in charge of their player profiles on their website because they had them listed at 285 still, which he hasn't weighed 285. I talked to Yoma about this since uh, his freshman year. 
Yeah, that's bad. And, and a lot of teams got exposed during this all-star cycle. Two more names I'll drop, and then we can finally move on. Quinn Lake from UCLA, the safety. Uh, he also had a good week. And then uh, Ali Fayad from Western Michigan, uh, one of my guys I sat down and did an interview with back uh, in November. I got to give him a shout out, too, because he had a really good week, too. But uh, now we can move on to the Senior Bowl, because uh, if, if we kept talking about every player we like from the Shrine Bowl, we, we would be here for an hour. Yeah, I mean, the, the Senior Bowl is going to go by a lot quicker. You already heard our our takeaways on, on Saturday. So I'll give you my first guy. You can just tell me what you think. I thought the biggest uh, – uh, winner in terms of offensive line because I was responsible for offensive line and wide receivers. Cole Strange, uh, center out of Chattanooga. Yep, yep. Pretty much. I mean, everything I said on Saturday still holds true. I, I did an article that's available on bluechipsguide.com. Thought he was the biggest winner of the week. I have to get Chattanooga filmed, don't I? Man, <laughs> good luck. That is going to be tough, but uh, yeah, he, he had a really good week. I'll go with my next one. I, I think it's pretty obvious inside the tight ends and linebackers who I'm going with, but it's got to be Troy Anderson, man. Um, dude is just phenomenal. I mean, uh, you know, that that length size combo, 6'3", 242, that he weighed in, uh, it, it's just a rare, rare uh, uh, athlete that you hardly get from the FCS level, let alone the Power 5 level. So, uh, he, he just showed everything, and, and the game can kind of confirm that. I don't think he played a whole ton, and he really didn't need to. I think he he won, uh, you know, the best probably second-level defender, uh, you know, in general uh, down the senior bowl. And, and I think him and Chad Mumo are probably neck and neck for, for who had the best week, but I give the edge to Troy Anderson because not a lot of people knew his name coming in, and they're leaving knowing who he is coming out. I knew damn well that was going to be your, your your biggest winner and the first guy you talked about. I wonder why. Could it be that you have an inter, uh, a prospect breakdown of him available on YouTube.com forward slash Blue Chip Scouting? I don't know. You guys are going to just have to look and find out, I guess. Um, next guy for me. I'm going to have to say Trevor Penning. I can't wait. Like, listen. Okay. It's not like this was some unheralded dude that that uh, that that nobody knew, unlike Devin's guy, because that's Devin's brand in a nutshell for you. But with me, everybody liked Trevor Penning a lot, and I didn't quite understand it. I mean, it, we've talked about it, and I I still don't quite get the round one, but I understand what there is to like about him. I think he, he honestly became one of my favorite players in the class because he just wants to fight everyone. Like picture, like when you see him on the, on, on the field in the drills and the scrimmages and all of that. And then I'm assuming, you know, when I have to go back and rewatch the tape again with him, can't you just imagine him like, finishing up the game, going to the bar, and then just starting a fight there for no apparent reason, and then also winning that. Like, I, I imagine that with Trevor Penning. I don't know if, if, if you get that same image, but that's what I get. Someone said something remotely normal to him, and he got angry, and, and things got out of hand. No, hey, seriously. Man, do, uh, hey, man, do, do, you, do you mind uh, moving your, your drink over, like – three, four inches, and then before you know it, you've just been thrown through the slot machine. Pretty much, yeah. He <laughs> he, he plays borderline uh, psychopath. 
You know, like he he's they said during the game yesterday that he watches horror movies before the game to quote get in the right mindset. That is some terrifying shit. Listen, he's gonna turn some teams off, but the teams that want him are going to take him high. It's just don't you gotta teach him in in blocking drills to not hurt your own quarterback by using the defensive lineman as a projectile. That happened twice with him this week. I'll tell you what, I want to see him and Aaron Donald go at it. That's going to be funny because Aaron Donald likes to choke dudes when he <laughs> when he gets mad. So, I mean, it, it's going to be funny. But no, you know, Penning, I think he he's one of the more aggressive linemen we've seen in, in quite a while, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen a guy that, uh, you know, plays with that much of an edge and, and it shows up on the film. I, I watched one of his games during the year against Eastern Washington and dude literally tries to pancake everybody. Like it does not matter what the run could be on the other side of the field. He's trying to pull <laughs> you through the, the turf literally. So it definitely matches what he does, but I can't say that I'm, I'm super surprised, but I'll go with my next player. Uh, you know, like I said, tight ends and safety. So it, this one's pretty obvious, but Jalen Petrie, man, dude, he is still insane. He, he is still insane. Um, I, I, I really don't need to say a whole bunch about him, to be honest, because he, he was just everywhere. I mean, he got our running backs, tight ends, receivers, like he was one of the few people that beat Christian Watson in one-on-ones. Like he pushed him to the ground, literally. Like with with the with great technique. He is going to, and I don't like I don't like to use comps like this, but he's literally going to be a Tyron Matthew type of player. You throw him anywhere on the field, he's going to make a play. I, I really think he's one. Of, he's like such a unique skill set in. You don't need to necessarily have a ton of structure with how you throw him out there. I do think wherever you put him, he's going to make a play. Great tackler, uh, great in space, great uh, zone coverage, especially in the short zone. And, and then obviously he can match it with tight ends and, and running backs. So he, he's going to be a super fun player projected to the next level. But I had to mention him because he, he's been impressive all week. Yeah, that's our brand, isn't it? Yeah, major. All right, and then my last guy, Devin, um, you mentioned him while talking about Patriot. No one made themselves more money this week than than Christian Watson, I think. Uh, Man, again, much like Kyle Phillips, didn't know anything about him going into the week. As soon as practice wrapped up, first thing I did was have to go find the film. And you know what? It backs up on film, too. This is a guy that's a day two pick. Yeah. Can't teach I, I height, mean, can't teach size, can't teach speed. Can't he's got fluid route running, great hands, full package. If this dude was at Ohio State, he'd be he'd be in the, the upper echelon. He'd be probably wide receiver two or three. But honestly, he still might go first round if we're being honest here. He might if he runs a four three, he's which going is what's what's being talked about. He could do it. He he's going first round. I, I mean, you just don't get that that type of size height, weight profile. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. So I'm, I'm not surprised by that. But my final player is someone who didn't end up playing in the game, but I thought at least made the tight end discussion a little interesting. I think Jeremy Rucker from Ohio State made it interesting. Um, I don't think – I think Trey McBride is still going to finish his tight end one for me just because I think 
his body of work is more consistent. And he he had a I went back and looked at the film. I think it was a little hard on him. I think he had a consistent week. It, I think for me, I was expecting him to dominate and he didn't necessarily do that, but he still made plays. And I, and I think, you know, that was a little bit of an unfair expectation for him since I've watched him over the last two, three years kind of dominate at the Mountain West level. So I think McBride is still tied in one, but I think Jeremy Ruckert is, is climbing draft boards for sure because his first couple of days were phenomenal. Uh, you know, blocking wise, he even looked a lot better than he did on film. He's clearly been in the lab working on his footwork and, uh, you know, his driving ability. And then uh, as a route runner, I think he was much improved from from where he was at Ohio State. I mean, he, he's made splash plays in his career. I thought he was going to declare in last year's draft after he had a phenomenal playoff run and, and down the stretch of the season. But I think he, he still has a lot to prove, still has a lot to work on. But but the tight end position, I do think he, he's going to be in the mix for that second, third round. Uh, and, and possibly be tied in two or tied in three. Absolutely. So that wraps up our all-star game circuit coverage. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I got the chance to talk to Kwame Lasser to the second. Great interview. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I want to thank our friends over at Jersey House for sponsoring today's show. No one likes paying full price for jerseys, and thanks to Jersey House, you don't have to anymore. Jersey House has all your needs covered, whether you want an NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, or college jersey, or if you want a jersey for the European football, they've got it all. They also do custom jerseys and are always looking to add more players to their vast catalog. Head on over to jerseyhouse.ca and use the code BIGSHOTS to save 15% off your next order and help give back to the podcast. They ship anywhere in the world, and Devin and myself swear by their products. That's jerseyhouse.ca and the promo code BIGSHOTS for 15%. What's up, everyone? This is Mike Carnation from Blue Chip Scouting, and I am very excited to be joined by the first uh, prospect interview of the draft season for us here at Big Shots uh, Podcast and over at Blue Chip Scouting. I'm joined by University of Kansas receiver or Kansas University receiver. Sorry, you guys are University Kansas. University of Kansas, University of Kansas. Did I get you guys <laughs> mixed, mixed up? I'm joined by Kansas Jayhawk wide receiver Kwame Lasseter II. Kwame, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. Appreciate you having me on here. Absolutely. I, I, <laughs> a little behind the, the, the curtains, I was saying to Kwame before we went live, he's the first draft prospect I've ever interviewed that makes me feel old because I grew up watching your dad play. Uh, your dad, obviously, Kwame Lasseter Sr., played uh, from 1995 till 2004. Um this is not a coincidence that I happen to be wearing. Uh, <laughs> an I was going to ask, card. too. I was. Yeah, yeah. I kind of thought, you know what? I wonder if I get some brownie points by throwing on the uh, the, the Cardinals jersey, given that, that Pops played <laughs> yeah. with the Cardinals for almost a decade. Um, but, no, I, I grew up watching your dad play. Uh, he was, to, you know, his, the end of his career was around the beginning of my football fandom. So it, it, it's, it's wild going full circle um, and being able to interview – kids of, of of guys i grew up watching so it's wild um first question i, I i'm kind of an easier question not not right into to talk about football because I, I know you're going to get interviews where they only want to talk about football uh away from the, the field what are some things you like to do like uh are you a music guy you're more of like a relaxed kick your feet up play video games type of guy like what what are your interests when you're not on the field I like to relax. I really do. I, I like to take advantage of that time to relax. Uh, 
especially right now with all this training going on, I just, when I get the time to just lay back, watch the TV, play some Xbox, maybe I do that. Yeah. You know what? I don't think I've interviewed a single player that has not said that it's a, it's a kickback and play a video games guy. Maybe one. I think that might've been Cam Bynum from, uh, for the Vikings. Now he played piano in his free time, which that's, mm, a, that's, that's a something very... I want to learn. Oh Yeah. Yeah, that's on my bucket list. I'm a, oh. When I get the time, I'm gonna learn how to do that. <laughs> when you're done, so. when you're done, uh, when you're done running routes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, obviously, I, I, I alluded to it earlier. Uh, you have a very unique situation compared to many of the other prospects in uh, in this class, and I might ask this question. So, you were born in Arizona when your dad was playing for the Cardinals. Uh, did you grow up a Cardinals fan? I did. I, I, I was. I was really. I'm still a Cardinals fan. I'm not gonna act like I'm not, but. That was always my team growing up. Even when I was in Kansas, I went to a, I went to school with a lot of Cowboys fans. So they're everywhere, to, man. To, they're everywhere. Oh, they're everywhere. Yeah, they're <laughs> everywhere. So I was I was always a Cardinals fan. I got to uh, go to a lot of games growing up, and it was something that 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 stuck with me. You know what? It, it's a good time to be a Cardinals fan too. Like I've never I, I never thought in my lifetime that I'd have friends reaching out to me asking it. it you know is it bad if I want to be a Cardinals fan, if I'm just getting into football? I'm like, nah, don't, don't worry about <laughs> nah. it. <laughs> yeah. Arizona's starting to pick up in sports a little bit. Uh, Phoenix, they over there, they over there doing good too. So it's starting to pick up. Now uh, your family is full of athletes. Dad played in the NFL for a decade. Uh, you've got a younger brother at Kansas uh, on the football team with you. And uh, I was reading that one of your sisters, because you, ha- you have a lot of siblings I was reading. Uh, yeah. <laughs> one of your sisters is a Cowboys cheerleader as well. I was reading. Uh, so it, it comes with the territory. I got to ask, did you play any other sports growing up or were, were you got, were the males just like purely focused on, on, on following in dad's footsteps? Uh, now nah, my parents didn't force us into football. That's something that we fell in love with. Uh, naturally I got another little brother that just committed to uh, Eastern Michigan and I got another little brother that's into gaming. So we, 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 uh, Wherever we was comfortable at, whatever we fell in love with, our parents were, they were with it. They they never forced us to play football. But I, I played, uh, I ran track in high school. I did the long jump and triple jump, ran a four by four. But uh, I, I like to say I was a basketball and baseball player too, but I, ain't, I didn't do that in high school. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, there's, there's like, I there are six of you or are there seven? Seven, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot, yeah. man. That's a lot to keep track of. I, I have the one brother, and that's a lot to keep track of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel like it was a good thing growing up with a lot of siblings. Definitely keeps the the comp, that competitive nature going. Yeah. Um. Now, like I said, you know, your dad played at you know uh, at Kansas. Um. I, I found out I didn't actually know that. I thought your dad had gone to a, uh to Arizona State. I must have confused him with with someone else but yeah you followed in your dad's footsteps at kansas you've got you know um your little your little brother there with you uh was it always the plan to go to to be a jayhawk or did your recruitment out of high school like change was it or was it always just like i want to go to kansas um as a kid i did i we there was so many jayhawk uh attire my, my dad always worked at you so i always seen a jayhawk around the house but I didn't really think about going to Kansas too much until I got to uh, college, really. I mean, to high school, really. Uh, I wanted to stay. It, I just wanted to play football. So wherever, whoever wanted me, I wanted I wanted to go. Arizona State, U of A, they didn't want me. So I had the opportunity to – I walked on to college. So I had oh, the yeah? opportunity to – Yeah, I had the opportunity to walk on to KU. 
And uh, that was honestly the best decision that I made. I, I wish I, I, I had the info, but when I was trying to find out what your recruiter profile was like, I couldn't find anything. ESPN, 24-7, nothing. So I'm like, nah. I, I guess I'm going to have to ask him this because I can't find info. They had you in 2019, yeah. too, which, you know, I, I looked you up and I remembered, wait, no, he was already like a junior by that point. <laughs> yeah, nah. So everywhere I looked, I was getting wrong information. So I'm like, why don't I just ask him straight up? <laughs> Nah, yeah, been an underdog is how I look at it. Absolutely. Your dad was an underdog, too. Went undrafted. He was. Runs in the family. Yeah, um, if you had to, because a lot of our, our listeners and, and our viewers may not be familiar, may not get a lot of exposure to Kansas uh, you know, football, if you had to, in one or two sentences, describe your overall game, how would you do that? Um, I feel like I'm a technician. I, real route savvy. I can run every route in the route, route tree. Um, I know the game, so I, I use that to slow the game down. I can read defense as well. And like I said, wherever the game can slow down for me, I feel like that's what I'm best at. I can do I can do a lot with the ball in my hands. I can return punts, return kicks. And also, like, running down on point. I, I'll do anything, really. That was just, I feel like oh, sorry, just a student you. of the game is what I like to say. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, of course you were. I mean, you've literally grown yeah. up around the sport your whole life, so it makes sense. And I was—I remember I was—I was actually filing your your scouting report. I haven't actually released it to the public yet, but it was pretty much exactly what you just said. Like he's everywhere. If you need him to play safety, he can probably do that too. I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. th- now this next one, I—I I, I thought you know I, I had to get. Uh, answer because during your time with Kansas so you were you were recruiting class of 2016 if I remember correctly so while you've been a Jayhawk you've gone through not only one head coaching change you went through two so was there ever a time during that period where you considered hitting the transfer portal and leaving or was it just like I'm committed the family's here I've grown up around it well I've seen I've had three head coaches since I've been at Kansas actually yeah yeah, yeah, you, you've gone through two head coaches. Oh, two different. Okay, yeah, yeah I got you. Because yeah, you, yeah. you were recruited by David Beatty, then you had yeah, Les yeah. Miles for two yeah. years, and now Lance Leopold. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, the portal did, of course, come to my mind at, at, towards the end of my career. I, uh, it's something I prayed over and I talked to with my family and, uh, my close ones. And I just feel like the best decision for me was to stay. And I feel like that paid off for me. I just, at the end of the day, you just trust the process. And then when I had a, Little brother, when my little brother joined the team, that kind of made it a lot more easier for me to stay. Oh, I, uh, I would imagine because he, yeah, he pushed me. He he do, and I feel like we make each other better. So I knew I wasn't really gonna get that anywhere else. And having a and also my receiver coach, my receiver coach, he helped me out a lot too. And I feel like that uh, that carried me far. I, like I said, I talked to the close ones. I got a girlfriend, so I I talked to her a lot about it. She she helped me through the lot the process a lot too. And I'm just, I'm blessed and I'm grateful for the people around me and Stan was the best option for me. Absolutely, man. Cause we've seen it. We've seen it across college football where, you know, guys leave when new coaching staff comes in and it doesn't always work out for the best. So it doesn't. Yeah. And you were, you were a locker room leader. So, I mean, your, your position was pretty safe. I would say on, on the team. Um, now when I was watching your film and I, and I was, you know, doing some preliminary, uh, you know, work on you beforehand, uh, I, one thing I noticed, uh, your best game statistically this year came against like the conference's top talent. You had 
uh, eight catches against Texas, eight catches against uh, Oklahoma. You had over 100 yards against TCU. Uh, did you have any added motivation for these games or were these just like happened to just get the best of your matchup, you know, that particular day? Or was it just like we're facing OU, all the, the no one believes in us this week. I'm going to go out and just destroy that, that, that defensive back. Yeah, of course you look at it like that. Uh, when we played OU, there was number there was number three ranked at the time, or something like that. So you always mm-hmm. want to uh, uh, play your best against the best is how I look at it. But there was other games where I feel like I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So I feel like I had time. I had to make up for the games that I didn't. And like you said, you playing against a big school, so you got to play the best. And I'm sure like there was people watching them games, so I feel like I did what I needed to do against those teams. And it was good competition. Like like you said, it was good competition. So, Yeah, absolutely. I remember the Oklahoma game. Uh, we were all just sitting here, you know, different guys at you know, Blue Chip. We're sitting there, you know, watching other games. And all of a sudden, it's like, yo, Kansas is up uh, two scores on Oklahoma. You might want to switch over to that game. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I think by the end, half of America and probably some folks up here in Canada were watching the, uh, that game any way we could. Um Carrying off of that previous question, uh, you know, whether or not this year, any of your other years at Kansas, uh, what was your best game, you would say? What was your worst? And if a team asked you to provide them with just one game of film to watch, what game would it be and why? So a multi-part question there for you. Um, you saying over my career or just last season? You can answer that however you feel. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving it up to last here. season. Um. I'd say my worst game was uh probably against Iowa State. I blocked good, but there was things that I could have did better. Like it was third and one. I caught an out route, didn't get the first down. Then we went for it on fourth. Fourth, we didn't get the first down. So it was a lot of mental things. It was something that I feel like when I watched the film, I could have played better. I could have. It was wet, so I could have ran better routes. That's a, that's not an excuse, of course, but mm-hmm. I feel like I should have. I like that's. It was a learning thing for me. I should have exactly. dropped my weight more. That's how. I, Things like that along them lines. I could have played better. Um, I, I feel like my best game would be against um, – hmm, that's a good question, really. I, I'd say OU. OU or Texas. I ran good routes in games. I, I, that's, that's what I like to focus on, of course, and blocking good, uh, blocking good, no drop balls. Unfortunately, I had a drop ball against Texas, and that was my first one in a long time. So I'd have to go OU. I ran good routes, and I uh, did what I was supposed to do. Yeah, it was a really one of our things at, at Blue Chip is we have to select a player's best game. And I actually sat there for, for a couple minutes. I'm like, oh, you Texas. Like he caught a touchdown yeah. against Texas. and He was wide open. But like he was wide open. Yeah. Well, he was so more he was incredibly well-rounded against uh, Oklahoma. And of course, you're you're a very interesting uh, you know player for uh, something like this, because the numbers aren't going to blow anyone away but you have to look at the full range with you, which is what I think makes you a very interesting um, you know, prospect. Cause I think a lot of people when they're starting and scouting are going to look at the numbers first and then go from there. But when you watch a player like yourself, you know, you have to take into account that you're on special teams, you know, you're returning kicks, returning punts. You, you, you literally are a, a Swiss army knife on offense, essentially. If you, yeah. So I think that your versatility is also going to be something that, that for me, won a lot of favor. Um, Now, every football player has this. I had this back when I played. I had some weird, weird rituals uh, and and some things I had to do. Did you have any, do you have any pregame rituals you go through? Is there particular music you have to have blaring through the headphones? Like basically on game day, what do you need? 
Um, my mom calls me before every game, or she she sends me a text and she sends me a prayer. So once I hear that, I know I'm good to go. I got I got people watching over me. I got the man up top watching over me, and that's 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 right there. That's it for me, really. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would assume that that's a pretty solid uh, you know ritual when you have when you just yeah. know everyone's zoomed in for you. Is there anything uh particularly like pregame music you need? You know, you got music. No, not specifics. I, I usually shuffle my playlist, but I usually like um, Lil Wayne, of course. That's really my, uh, if I had to listen to anybody for the rest, I'm going to listen to Lil Wayne. Uh, Meek Mill, um, Lil Durk, and those are really the top three right there, I would say. I, but I shuffle all my music, so whatever comes on and if I'm feeling it, I let it ride. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing worse. Like you have to have a pre pregame uh, playlist, because otherwise, like if you if you're someone like me with different music, you'd be like, oh wait a minute, no, that don't work. Yeah, turn that off. Turn that (laughs) off right away. Uh, (laughs) Now again, we mentioned this a little bit earlier. uh, You know, the the competition level in the Big Twelve really big. Uh, You of course with Kansas, plenty of talent that you guys faced uh, out of conference play. Who was the toughest defensive back in a game you had to go up against? And again, I'm going to leave this open to this past year or just your whole Kansas career. Cause you've been there for a while. You've seen a lot of talent. Yeah. Um, respectfully to them, I wouldn't say any of them were tough, but like I respect their game. If you know what I'm saying? Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, I like, also um, admire that the confidence in that answer. I'm not going to lie. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Nah. I, I do my film study of course, but I like, um, that I went against. I like uh, his name's uh, Christian Holmes. He went to Oklahoma State. Yep, I like uh, him a lot. He, he's a good size corner. Yeah, he either started at Missouri and went to OK State, or started at OK State went to Missouri. I can't remember. No, no, I he didn't... ended at Oklahoma State, so I okay. didn't know he transferred. Yeah, yeah, he was a transfer student from from uh, Missouri. I, I knew he transferred. I couldn't remember the order of it. Yeah, uh, nah, but <laughs> I, I respected his game a lot. He uh, made a lot of plays. Great size corner. He can move well. He. Uh, He's what you look for in the corner. We were just at the hula ball together, so I, I I like his game. I do. I swear I didn't tell you these questions ahead of time because my next question actually you were obviously at the hula ball last month. Uh, yeah. So what what was that like, and how's your your pre draft training been like so far? Uh, I enjoyed the hula ball. It was a good experience for me. I, I learned a lot, of course. Um, had the opportunity to showcase my talents, and I feel like I I did a pretty good job in my opinion. And uh, the training process, it's been real good. I, I'm enjoying it. Out here in Florida, the weather is good. You can't complain. Like you said, you're in Canada. I can't even imagine being in that snow right now. We yeah. uh, Basically, since uh, January, it's either been like 10 degrees below zero in Celsius, so about single digits Fahrenheit, or we've been hit with, with about a foot, foot and a half of snow. It, there has yes. not been any reprieve. You, I, I wouldn't wish this on anyone. <laughs> yeah, no, I got jealous. a little brother in Kansas, so he <laughs> yeah. sends me pictures. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but nah, I, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying this. I'm training at a, a great facility, in my opinion. Uh, great coaches that are helping me with techniques along uh, on the five ten five, the Eldra, of course, the forty, but helping me with techniques and things that I can improve on. So, um, I'm very appreciative of that opportunity that opportunity that they gave me, and I'm I'm running with it. I'm enjoying it. All right, I got one last question for you. Uh, this is a hypothetical. Let's say for the sake of argument that there's an NFL GM, either listening to the podcast version of this interview or watching it on YouTube, 
what would be your pitch to them as to why they should select you in the draft come April? Um, like you said, I'm a jack of all trades. I, uh, you can use me on special teams, anywhere on special teams, a gunner, a returner, and I'm a great, I'm a great football player, and I'm a great guy. Honestly, I'm a. When it talk to football, I can play inside, outside, wherever you need me. But I'm a great guy in the locker room. I, I build relationships. I'm very respectful to anybody and everybody in the facility, and feel like that's somebody you want in your locker room. And I back, up, I back up what I said. All right. Well, again, thank you for joining me today, Kwame. Uh, Kwame, before we get on out of here, I always do this for, uh, you know, for, for interviews, because at the end of my podcast, I always give uh, where people can follow me on Twitter. Where can they follow you on Twitter, man? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kwame underscore Lassiter. That's Kwame, not like Kwame Brown. There's an I before not the I, E. K-W-A-M-I-E. Yes, sir. All right. Well, that's Kwame Lasseter, the second wide receiver of Kansas. Again, man, thank you for joining me. Yeah, appreciate you. Again, big thank you to Kwame Lasseter, the second, for joining me for that interview. That's going to do it for today. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Mike H underscore draft. You can find Devin on Twitter at RealD underscore Jackson. Follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Follow our work at Blue Chip Scouting. Follow Blue Chip Scouting at Blue Chip Scout. And we will see you guys later.